0: Welcome to this episode of Across the Hall with Joe and Tracy. Hope you guys had an opportunity to listen to last week's episode where we discussed discipling your kids. At the end of that episode, Tracy asked how do you disciple your kids' weaknesses or or help them overcome those. So we get into that a little bit, uh, discuss uh, what that looks like, how different scenarios can impact what a weakness really is, and how to encourage them. On another note, we have a special guest coming on an upcoming episode, so please stay tuned. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. What weaknesses do you see in LL? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, I was kind of thinking about, like, a kid that gets in trouble for talking too much in class but then they become a radio talk show host as an Mm. adult like you know we kind of have these things that either they're not okay in the moment because like I said you're in a classroom so certain behavior is expected of you or maybe um like maybe your kid is just messy like their room is a thrashed every single day like
0: um yeah that's a that's a tough that's a tough line to to find because i i definitely believe you have to be balanced in your approach to just about anything that you do i think extremes extremes generally are wrong at the same time the people that are ultra successful are very extreme in what they do so true throw that in there as well that's
1: why i'm not successful
0: (laughs) that's why that's why i'm not in the nhl because i was too into um, balance, trying to be balanced yeah and i was lazy um so that's that's the hard part so i i recently did this um i guess you could call it a personality test i don't it wasn't really a personality test it was called strength finders have you ever heard of that
1: I took a strengths class in high school. I, th- I think it's pretty much the same thing.
0: Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I took this thing called Strength Finders. It was super unique. You probably, <laughs> probably never done it. I might even have it handy. I'm trying to look through my laptop bag right now. The reason I bring it up is because what they were trying to do is give you your top five strengths, right? Yeah. And these various categories. These are like the five things that you're... the you have the most natural aptitude for Mm -hmm. and what they were kind of the bigger picture of what they were advocating for was finding things that lent themselves to your strengths because you'll be really good at those things. Mm -hmm. And so often, I don't know if this is an American thing, but so often we focus on our deficiencies and trying to improve those Mm
1: -hmm.
0: versus how much concentrating more, on our strength. yeah like how many how many how much more this is the worst sentence in the world how like <laughs> my grammar is <laughs> terrible what you know what type of gains could we have if we spent that same time focusing on our strengths versus focusing on our weaknesses and and you know you may have a weakness you're just never going to be good at and
1: that's what i'm kind of yeah that's what i was kind of thinking like um It's kind of like the reason why you focus on your strengths is because, like, there are a million things that we're bad at or, like, yeah, it's a wrong place to spend your attention. And it's not like we shouldn't tackle those areas of weakness, but.
0: Yeah, you want to get better at stuff, but at the same time, like, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm going to throw, sorry if you hear my papers crinkling. I'm going to throw one of my daughters under the bus. My, my youngest daughter struggles in math, okay? She, um, She's in seventh grade right now. She's taking pre-algebra. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, like, relative to the rest of the world, she's doing well because she's in an advanced class for her grade. But she was really struggling. So, I think she had, like, a D most of the first semester. Really struggling. And the thought came to me and Rachel, like, should we put her in a lower math class? Because she's obviously struggling mm-hmm. and her teacher said just let her keep going and if and if she really fails that bad then she can take it again next year like or we can evaluate it at the semester but let her let her keep working at it and so uh-huh. we started working with her every day and it was it was little stuff she was losing negative signs she wasn't carrying exponents just it it was more about the details than the mathematics Yes. And that and that's what was throwing her off. So when we slowed her down and we went through it step by step on her semester final, she got an eighty percent. She'd had a D all semester, and so she still only finished. no, she, I think she had an F. So she raised it to a D. So she technically passed. But I was like, "Look, you got an eighty percent. That means you know what you're doing." And I had to just explain to her because her other three siblings all have A's in math and. You know, Emily just told me a couple of days ago she's not taking calculus as a senior. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but I was trying to explain to Elizabeth, like, for one, you, you've done well. So, you know, good job. You, you worked through it. But two, you don't have to be a math expert. This just may not be something you're good at. And that's okay. Like, as long as you and work I, hard.
1: I also think, like, with with Elizabeth, like, let's say that she's, like, not detail orientated in in general but she's a bigger picture person like i I think like that's what you're saying like if you focus on okay i i can see the bigger picture all day like that's a really valuable skill and so being still mindful like oh okay sometimes i do need to slow down and pay attention to the details but i think too um um I think about like companies and how, you know, we all have these different positions and, you know, there's no one person that can be the CEO and the graphic designer and, you know, and still be successful. Like it can, it'll stay small because, you know, you're only one person, but then when you hire this other person and this other person, then you know, this, this business grows, or even just thinking about, like, the body of Christ, and just how we all function together, it's like, there's no one person that can do anything, so, so, yeah, it's really interesting, like, if you have this kid that's struggling in math, or struggling in reading, or struggling in science, it's like, how much do you invest in, like, okay, let's hire five tutors, let's go to an after-school program, and, but, but, They're great at English, and so, but you're not getting the tutor and the extra programs for English, like where they would really just fly, because you're focused on you know five hours of math homework every night. So it's really interesting. I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer, because like you said, I think, um, I think if you'd be like you're not a math person, like that can also be dangerous because then you just avoid the things you're not good at, which is you know can also be harmful.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where I say we gotta come with balance because you don't want to you don't want to create artificial boundaries for them because you want them to be willing to strive and break through. But at the same time, um, I think you have to welcome that they're gonna have certain deficiencies and and that's okay. Like you wanna work towards a level of proficiency in that area, like you don't want it to be detrimental, but if it's not detrimental to you, then maybe you can you can let it simmer where it's at, you know what I mean? Without And I think
1: people also have different values too. Like oh yeah. Like like I was going to the messy thing where the parent is like neatness and order at all times, you know, they that's what they prize. But then you have this kid that doesn't really value that. Like
0: for whatever reason. The funny thing is is you know, we we're, we're talking about the context of academics, and if a kid's not good at math, a parent might rush out and get them a math tutor, or they're going to stay after school with a teacher or whatever. But they're not getting, you know, maybe they're really good at English, and they're not getting an English tutor because why would they need that? the The true problem with all of this is that if you apply that to sports, and and my kids are pretty big in sports. If your kid is not very good at baseball and so he generally doesn't show an interest in it, you're not going to get him a baseball tutor because he's not very good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But if he shows a proficiency in basketball, well, then you're going to be like, hey, let's let's get you an extra trainer. We can get on the club team. We'll get you extra training sessions over the weekend. Like, you would totally pour into... Yeah, you would pour into developing those skills because you see, oh, this could lead to opportunities down the road but if it was an academic thing or if it was a maybe even a personality thing like we're really prone to focus on the deficiencies and mm. and that's so backwards yeah it's so, it's so <laughs> ridiculous um and so that was why i, I took that strength Finders thing recently because it was it was for the church that i started working for and so they have they have everyone take one and they do so to kind of help figure out where they're going to put them from a ministry standpoint or make sure that they fit from a ministry standpoint. And then also to help them communicate with each other, like, Hey, this is so-and-so strength and this is how that might relate to what you're doing. So here's how to leverage everyone as a, as a teammate the best way possible. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. Um, so we had like a staff retreat recently and, uh, I won't see what the other people got, but there's, there's one thing called influencing. It says, um, I'll read you these things really quick. It says those who lead by influencing help their team reach a much broader audience. People with strength in this domain are always selling the team's ideas inside and outside the organization. When you need someone to take charge, speak up and make sure your group is heard. Look for someone with the strength to influence. So I have two strengths in this area. Um, I'm the only person on our team that has two strengths in this area. Sounds and like a video them, game. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like yeah, oh, I'm good here. I'm um,
1: about to level up. No. Yeah,
0: so mine <laughs> is is activator and maximizer, and that had to do with like getting things started, and like uh, making the most out of uh, what people are doing. Like really, really staying focused on the bigger picture. But I I lacked in other areas when it came to, like, executing. Um, I didn't have any strength in that one. In that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's so true. It said leaders with dominant strength in executing know how to make things happen. When you need someone to implement a solution, these are the people, blah, blah, blah. So it's like I know how to get things going. And <laughs> so I can, don't
1: know how to get it done. I don't either. know how to
0: finish. Yeah, it was super. <laughs> and I don't have any strengths there at all. <laughs> and so then there's one on relationship building. And I have one there. It's called Relator. But it talks about building relationships, blah, blah, blah. And the and the joke is here is everyone on our team has at least one strength here. Except for our uh, bookkeeper. He doesn't have any relational strengths. <laughs> um, so then there's one called Strategic Thinking. And leaders with great strategic thinking strengths are the ones who keep us all focused. Blah, 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 blah. So I have two strengths there. One is what's called learner, which I totally, you know, I'm always trying to learn new stuff. Um, And then the other one was from a strategic standpoint. But it was really funny because those are my strengths. Like, those are things that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. But on the execution side of things, I need someone who can like i can get it up and running and going but i need someone to carry it through yeah because that's not what i'm good at and and so even that was like a neat eye opener because i haven't had rachel take this but i'll bet you hers are very
1: contrast to mine yeah totally she's a get it done lady
0: yeah and it would be like hey let's try to leverage each other (laughs) Instead of instead yeah. of just focusing on our weaknesses, just be like, "Hey, I really suck I really, here. Why don't you really take over?" I like
1: that because yeah, I yeah, I took a very similar test, and it was called freshman seminar. So high school, um, they wanted you to know what you're good at, but, but this our, test was better. It was because, like you said, it's relational and it's about it's because my test is it's all about yourself. Like these are the five things that you're good at. So you know, do what you will with it. But I like yours because it is teaching you like you cannot carry everything and I think even like with this podcast um, it's been an interesting journey because I actually don't remember whose idea it was. Um, I think it was
0: yours to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Um, I'm but gonna, yeah, I'm going to check but... our text thread. <laughs> that was like a year ago. But anyway, but you've been like, you came up with the title, you came up with the graphics like you've just been the you know whatever it's called the the driving force in this podcast and um and I've like tried to slow you down like let's think about a title you know for a couple days and you know just an interesting to see how different we are too but um yeah I I think um I think that's really cool Uh, like how we could and I don't even know how you could do that, but how to teach children how to see this, st- how to find their own strengths, how to use those strengths, but also teaching them how to recognize strengths in others and, you know, be- building um, a team and yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Well, and, and even when you bring up the podcast thing, like I, I, think, I don't remember if we mentioned this before, I I, beyond the podcast, I was like. I had fifteen other ideas that we could do yeah. together, and the you were like,
1: spoke,
0: "Yeah, yeah you're like, bro, slow down." <laughs> but even after we got started on the podcast, we had, you know, because we've been recording for a while, and then things really waned, and
1: yeah,
0: I was like totally okay with that. I was like, Meh, "Oh well." <laughs> and then yeah, you we- were the one that texts like, "Hey, we need to record," like, and and I think without you, like continuing to push it along i would have let it die because i think
1: we have actually pushed each other because i've had moments where i'm like let's just give up like it's over <laughs> <laughs> like i am you know just for various reasons like oh i thought i was comfortable sharing more about myself mm. It's like i i'm open open and vulnerable with you know my close my circle but yeah
0: this is a little different because <laughs> you don't know who's gonna listen
1: <laughs> yeah, like who is tuning in you know but it's only eight people so praise god yeah. um anyway um but then also just like what are we gonna talk about you know it was it was hard for me to kind of like see the finished product so it's cool that now that we're on the other side and things are getting published and Getting good feedback and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, I think too, we do, it's, I feel like there's kind of been a push and pull among you. Like one of us will be like, hey, (laughs) when are we recording or what are we doing? Or, you know, it has been pretty balanced in that way, I think.
0: Yeah. And, but I think that's, you know, what's even helped us get this far is because we were, we were kind of willing to step into, you know, when it came to setting up the, distribution and the, you know like you said all that other stuff i'm good at all that so i had no problem just being like yeah. i'll take care of it you know because uh-huh. if i were to be like hey trace i need you to edit this you'd be like i don't know what to do like <laughs> yeah. but see that would be kind of dumb on my part to to push that to you when that's yeah. my strength you know what i'm saying so yeah but, but that's what i mean as far as for parents like i think we have to reevaluate what success looks like I had a, mm-hmm. a super in-depth conversation slash argument with mom last weekend.
1: Argument. Ooh.
0: Almost. Well, because she was saying <laughs> that she was telling Emily, you know, what are you going to do for college? And Emily's like, I'm not really sure. And so mom was kind of, she was encouraging her, you know, go to college, get your degree, which is what she told us. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to explain to her, like, that's Okay. But that's only one of many paths. And I don't want to limit them from exploring any of those paths. So that's why I haven't told them, you know, be sure. And and at the same time, I'm probably doing it wrong too. But I'm trying to trying to give them that room to explore. And so that's what I was yeah. explaining to her was like, I didn't even look at alternates because growing up in our household, college was like the only thing, right? I mean, that's what I felt like. It was. Yeah. So, you know, I would have even liked to have joined the armed forces now, but I didn't know that then. And I yeah. think even dad didn't want, I know he wanted me to join them, but he didn't He didn't want to force me in.
1: Dad and mom are the opposite. Dad will never tell you. No, he wants opinion. you to do your own thing. Yeah, and it's so annoying because you're like, dad, <laughs> I need you to tell me what to do right now
0: so so i was telling her like you know this and i wasn't meaning to say you did this wrong it was like hey i'm okay with how life turned out it's been my own adventure i'm totally good yeah but i was just trying to say like that's why i'm not pushing that so much with my kids and and so we were arguing a little bit because she was at the end of the day she's really just saying she wants them to be competent and educated Mm -hmm. but I think from her generation, that means you have a degree. And I was trying to explain to her, you know, if they go wholeheartedly, like Gianna likes to play basketball. She wants to try to play college and pro ball. I'm like, I don't want her to have a backup plan because if she has a backup plan, she won't make it because when it gets to that point of do or die, she'll be like, well, maybe this is where I just go to my backup plan. But if there is no tomorrow and you have to make it, because you're a hundred percent invested, Those are the kids that make it. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing to fall back to. And so I was trying to explain if she goes that far and she falls flat when she's 25, then she can go explore college or she can go explore this or go explore that. There's no need to have it all mapped out when you're 18 and then, you know, stick to that plan. Like I'm trying to make sure that they have flexibility in that. But it was funny because it was such a different frame of reference and i and she actually did tell me the next day like that she was talking with dad about it and that maybe she was like i you know we probably did that wrong and i'm like no it's not a wrong or right you know i was probably wasn't listening anyways but it was just an evaluation of you know what we had focused on
1: i think the problem is is that because you know i am a college professor so i have a unique window into student life um And there's just so many kids not ready at 18. They really aren't ready. And that's not to say that they won't ever be ready or that college, you know, won't, you know, be a part of their path. But so many parents are like, this is what you have to do. And then because they don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. No part of them wants to be there. And so they're not learning. Um, they're just, they're just sitting, their bodies are there, but their minds are somewhere else. And right. so it's like, will they get a degree in four years? You know, possibly, you know, you can be a robot, you know, in, in college. Yeah, you, and,
0: can, you can do the motions.
1: But will that be, you know, that, that's a really interesting road because, you know, I went the really long and windy path, you know, college i I was spent 10 years in college um and it's like oh man i i kind of wish that i would have done the traditional four-year you know just get it over with i guess and that yeah but then in the other sense it's like i couldn't have and i wouldn't have learned what i learned like had i not been true to you know my experiences and so
0: right well and that's what it was funny that even you know, it, I I love, like, digital marketing. I love social media. I love a lot of this stuff. It didn't exist when I went to college. It it literally was not a thing. <laughs> and so it's like I, I almost couldn't have found it. You know, maybe had I done something else, I could have stumbled upon it at a later point, and it would have seemed more viable. But, you know, and once again, and that can get into what it could have, should have, but I just mean...
1: Yeah, we can play Take, that game
0: all day. <laughs> yeah, taking that experience, though, I want to try to prevent my kids from feeling, here's my only path. Y- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I want them to, like, explore different avenues, explore different strengths. Don't be afraid to question, like, it's okay to fail.
1: Yeah, that was uh, one thing that I have on my little post-it note. My favorite. Th- <laughs> <my laughs> My third point was teaching your children independence and that means giving them the opportunity to make their own choices and the space to live out the consequences and to really practice being hands off because um, I was just learning listening to a podcast about this and he's like, too many parents, they don't let their children make one decision then 18 years old, they go to college, and they get every decision known to man. Oh, wow, yeah. And it's like they're so ill-prepared, and they've never had that freedom before. So they're going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to use that freedom.
0: With no um, experience and no way to do it properly.
1: <laughs> no wisdom, no nothing. Um, and so he was really just saying, you've got to... You've got, he's like, some children have never heard their parents say, like, that's up to you. That's your decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we walked through that. Um, cause I wholly agree with that. We, my oldest daughter, Emily, she, you know, like most young girls in America, she played soccer, AYSO for many years. Um, I coached her for a lot of those years and, um, she, she played club for a little while. And then when she got to high school, freshman year, Um, she went through tryouts. They invited her and like three other girls to do like an extended tryout. And then at the end they they had finally told her, Hey, you have the skill, you just aren't aggressive enough. Um, You know, so she didn't make the team. And, and so for a little while, I remember asking her like, you know, do you want to try it again? Are you going to play anymore? And you know, what about club? And she was kind of like, I think I'm kind of done. And I, and I, and I could see in her, I know she has the skill set, but it was becoming a level of competition that I don't think she wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, alright, this is up to you. Like Up until then it was stick through it, let's play through it, hey, you need to go to practice. like Because earlier in life I was just trying to stick her, teach her to, to finish what she had started. Mm-hmm. But now as, as a young woman I wanted her to have the freedom to evaluate is this something you want to pursue and so she chose not to and and so i've never brought it up i'm like all right cool whatever you want to do i got your back and uh and so when we go play soccer at the park or we go play with friends or we do whatever she gets out there she plays with us she totally looks forward to it she pumps up her ball she loves it but to her it's fun and she wants to keep it fun she didn't want to go to that level of now. I'm just training all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm and I'm so happy that I gave her that space because for one, she's really flourished in other areas since then. But two, it gave my other daughter a working example that I really will support them no matter what. And so she had told a friend. Um, oh, this year she played volleyball, at Gianna. And her, her friend jokingly was like, because her friend knows me, I coach them both in basketball. She was like, oh, did your dad make you play? And she's like, no, my dad would never make me play. And then she told her friend, I could quit basketball now and he wouldn't say anything. He would support me. And she, her friend was like, oh my, wow, that's crazy. And Gianna told me this. And I was so thankful because her having that confidence that I would support her was my real goal. That was really what I was shooting for. And I was and I was so happy that she recognized that, you know, through my example with Emily, that it wasn't just talk, that we were really going to be supportive, you know, one way or the other. That was that was their decision to make. And we were going to be behind them, you know, either way. So that was really important. Yeah. That's cool. So give your kids room. Don't. uh don't shackle them down. So for poor poor Eleanor, when you guys are putting her in preschool when she's two, two and a half, in some Montessori school.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh,
0: and just imagine how different it'll be when she's a teenager. I know it's going to be crazy. We were we were dealing with our kids because they were texting some people of interest and i was like we didn't even know how to deal with it because when we were their (laughs) age you had to hand someone a note like you had to write it out fold it up all special and then hand it to them between class there was none of this just throwing it out there stuff so it's tough Mm all righty you think that's good
1: Sounds great to me.
0: I think that was good. Hopefully, you folks uh, were encouraged. That's always the goal here. I think we're not trying to necessarily teach. Actually, we're not trying to teach at all. <laughs> we're not, we're <laughs> let me, not. Let me just be real clear there. This is just us. This is how we work through things. And hopefully, it gives you guys uh, maybe some new points of view or a new context that you hadn't thought of before. And Helps Maybe you. sparks
1: a conversation, yeah, you know, with your own siblings or your spouse or totally, your kids or and whoever. then you can
0: work through things. That's that's the hope. So, all right, folks, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the flip side.